You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early, so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts, so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. Winning Cures Everything. Now for your hosts, Gary and Chris. Welcome in, welcome in, Winning Cures Everything. It's Tuesday, April the 14th. I'm Gary. I'm Chris. And there are no major topics today. (laughs) There ain't a damn thing to talk about. So we have uh, curated... Some interesting college football topics for us to discuss. This show, obviously, more well-known for college football conversation. So we are going to continue that today. There's uh, not a lot to discuss other than, I don't know, did you watch our, our governor's press conference? No. Okay. That's it. He. No. I'll, ca- I'll catch the highlights on Facebook. He's an interesting uh, interesting character. I, I got to tell you this. I love. Well, I know the man. I know a lot about the man, and I'm not a fan of the man. So I love these guys that get a question, and they can turn it into the question that they want it to be. Right? They don't actually <laughs> answer your question. Yeah. They they turn it into. So one of the questions that was brought up today was, uh, uh, and this was like an all online press conference. Michael already jumped in on Twitch. What's up, Michael? How are you? He, they brought it up, and they said, uh, you know, what what about an idea of getting internet available to all kids for situations like this? And he yeah. turns it into how, you know, any kid that's in high school uh, taking an AP uh, chemistry course or whatever it was should have access to take that course, and we're going to give them access to that and rah-rah, and I'll, and it was just the most ridiculous. It didn't answer the question of providing what about, statewide. What about the sixth grader at home? Yeah, it's that's that had, just trying to do their damn math homework. Exactly, like the the ones that have no internet or have incredibly slow internet out in these rural counties. Like you're the governor of the state, figure out how to get them damn internet. Like I, I get where it, I get that it's a problem that it's very difficult we, to get some of them internet. I got that. We, we are but, we are friends with, we went to high school with a, who has grown up to become a, an administrator of one of those rural schools. They're not the most rural school, but uh, the but he's a principal there now. And and he, I won't, I won't blast him out on here. I uh, love the guy and respect him to death. But he's been calling out the same thing because AT&T was in the middle of putting in fiber for all of these people in his area. And then now they're like, Oh, it's not financially beneficial to us. So we're going to pull out. 
So here's the problem. The way Mississippi works, I don't know if other states are like this, but towns and cities allow companies to come in and bid on the rights for it. So we don't have competition. See, people say capitalism is broken. And you look at America, we don't, I'm getting political now. We don't have capitalism. We don't have capitalism. AT&T went into my buddy's town and paid them for the rights to be internet. And now they are the only internet provider in town. And so they, nobody and, else can come in. And then they and decided they not to do it. To not do it. And so <laughs> you just shit out of luck, baby. Go get yeah. that satellite internet. But nobody else uh, is running wires in this town. Have, have you ever? we got the rights to the earth. Have you, How stupid is that? I hate it's this It's so state. stupid. I hate it, but I don't want to leave. See, I don't want to be one of these people that just says, man, this place is a shitty place to grow up. This place is a shitty place. I want to stay and try to make it better. I don't know how to do that. I'm trying so Uh, hard to figure that out. You you almost can't because that way of thinking is so ingrained into uh, the people that, to the majority of people that will always be able to Voting guys like who we've got. Universally, everybody hates that idea. Universally, nobody would stand up to call it out. Nobody. I I don't know why. I've said this before when all this pandemic thing happened. This is one of those situations where I really wish I was the governor of a state right now. I I don't know that I'd be great at it, but I'd be doing some shit. Okay? We're going to try some things. We're going to throw some spaghetti at the wall and see what sticks. Because everything's broken right now. Well, you so can now be is damn an sure. Unbelievable opportunity Every, for a state that has been fiftieth out of fifty states. Yeah. If you don't remember how many we got, that's DFL. My entire life at everything. Yeah, that's so a, everybody is bought and stuff. paid for, and that's that's the bad thing. You got to look for what corporations benefit the most from the way that things are going, and and it's like that basically in every state. Right, I mean, there's there are some here and there. I can't, I can't speak to that. I don't know how every other state works. I'm going to tell you this: none of them are DFF. None of them have been 50th at everything. Education, obesity, and, uh, yeah. uh, monetary, health, like healthcare. I, I mean, just everything. Yeah. Economic. I mean, we're the poorest state in the country. We're the we're the least educated state in the country. We're the most unhealthy state in the country, and and it's not close either. I mean, it's not close. Yeah. There was a day in the time where every now and then we'd say, thank God for South Carolina, because then they'd drop down to like 50th in education for a week or two. And then, and then we'd just, nope, nope, we're taking that back. (laughs) Absolutely. (laughs) Michael. Race to the bottom. Michael jumped in. He said, locking a politician down on, uh, on anything is damn near impossible. And he said, let's start the campaign, Chris. I'd move down to Memphis. But here's the thing. We're just south of Memphis. That's kind of the problem. Like Tennessee, they're not really 50th in anything. Uh, no. Mississippi, however, where we are, fifty of them basically everything. Memphis, Memphis struggles, but Memphis has done a lot lately to try to to try to turn things around and and to, and to get better. And yeah, they but have Memphis their is own in problems. A, Memphis is in a state that actually cares. They're not trying. that Mississippi. They're trying. You know. They're not great. They're not worse. They're, they're not the best. They're not the no. worst at anything. But but they're in the middle of the pack. We just want to be in the middle of the pack at something. Yeah, yeah, I agree. I agree with anyway. you. Um. Let's uh let's go ahead and jump into some of this college football stuff because, whew, yeah I'm uh here we go Matt said politicians care about poor people every four years, yeah pretty much the rest of the time it's uh hey what can we do for you big time corporation that's not really going to provide us a whole lot of stuff but it makes us uh, look better you know and and you'll be able to fund my campaign efforts going forward, um all right 
Let's talk. Let's talk college football. It's so been a long time. Football stuff. Some of this is random. Some of this is about as random as it gets. Well, it, it, so we we stockpiled a list of questions, and we're going to start doing this for other sports as well. We're going to so try. We're, not... we're going to make it. A t- we're going to make an attempt. Yes, we're going to make an attempt. Now, college football, obviously, that's what we are most known for. So, obviously, I already had a bank of questions, and we're just going to roll through. And it may not even matter for this year, but these yeah. are like long term. Well, these aren't. These aren't. This. The, the nice thing is, is this has enough. This virus will not affect these questions at all. Yes. You got that right. These are legacy-type questions. You got that right. So the first one on the docket here, uh, and let me make sure I've got this pulled up correctly. The first one on the docket, I've got Notre Dame's ceiling. Now, here's how this goes. The question that I wrote down, uh, Notre Dame's ceiling under Brian Kelly or another coach. What is it? Are they better off with recruiting uh, and scheduling, staying with NBC uh, in the era of the college football playoff, or do they need to join a conference to become a legit perennial contender? What is the over-under of Notre Dame ever landing Urban Meyer or a coach of his caliber? Um, now, that was a lot for one question. Basically, the question is, what is Notre Dame's ceiling as a program? Okay. I'll let you go ahead and take it first. How did... What, just think, just the I, program itself in their current I, I think the last five years we've seen their ceiling. I don't think they'll ever win another national title unless college football drastically changes something. Um, but I believe them and Michigan, their academic we'll never see a team, a school with the academic standards of them, Michigan, Stanford. They can be good. Northwestern, love those guys. They can be good. They can have years where they compete for their conference or whatever or get into the playoffs like Notre Dame has, make it to a national title game like Notre Dame has, but they're never going to beat the big, big, big boys. They're just not because the separation of talent is too big. And and where you see the separation of talent, and this isn't a knock, this is my school too, this is LSU, baby. The, the separation of ACT scores is also massive. Yes. All right. The, the combined SAT of, of everybody on one school as opposed to another is huge. And you can't, you just can't outrun that. At some point in time, Urban Meyer can't fix this. All right. And Urban wouldn't go there and try to fix it because he knows I can't bring those dudes there. He just can't. Yeah. Jim Harbaugh is an incredible football coach. I, I believe in him more than most people. What he did at Stanford was incredible and unique. And he's, not really doing anything different here except Ohio State is substantially better than USC was at that time. Yes. That's yeah. it. The, the only difference is, is his ceiling is the exact same. He still only loses two games a year, but instead he was able to beat his rival there. He's not able to beat his rival here. The separation of the haves and have-nots is so much bigger today than it was 10 years ago when he was at Stanford. Yes. Uh, Matt jumped in on, on YouTube. Academic schools can't do it anymore. Yeah, this and this goes to the question about the coach and whatnot. Uh, he said, who are they going to get that's better than Kelly? He Nobody. said, that's like Saban. If he dips for a year or so, who is Bama going to get that's better? There's only a limited number of high-quality coaches. Uh, and then Michael jumped in, just like anything else, money drives everything. I don't think they'd ever leave NBC. I think their deal with NBC is better than what they would get from a conference other than what the SEC has got going right now. Now, obviously, Notre Dame, this this whole COVID situation is not really going to touch them so long as there is a football season, right? 
they don't they've got their ACC stuff going with basketball and with the Olympic sports, et cetera. With football, they get a massive check from NBC just for their home games, just for the yeah. games that they have. They don't have to worry about anything else. They don't have to worry about the conference or, or whatever. They don't have to split money. None of that. Uh, their stuff is set. I think that you're right about the ceiling of the program being, you know, you get to the playoff every now and then, and that's pretty good. I think it's, it's pretty great. good. Brian, now the great. difference that I feel like is when you are an institution like that, you can make exceptions for insanely talented athletes if you want but, to. But you can't do it enough to fill a roster. Alabama and Clemson and Ohio State don't have four stars on the team. Okay? They're five deep, five stars. All right? I mean, they, Three they, stars they, don't exist in their world. They, they've got they've got four stars and five stars. Very few three stars. But, right? yeah, it's they, not they all five stars. They don't have this. While they can make an exception for a specific player here or there, they'll never be able to do it for an entire roster. It's Michigan's biggest problem. Yeah. It's Michigan's biggest problem. Michigan had a shitload of NFL five-star dudes. But at some point in time, those guys come off the field. And somebody else comes on the field, and that guy's got a three-yard, two-star next to him. That's, that's, yeah, that's separation. True. That's the play that the team breaks your back. Yeah. You go at that cornerback. You run the ball at that linebacker, and you gash him for 30, 40 yards. Yeah, and, and there's nothing you. you can do about it. Uh, Matt said Notre Dame should be happy with a top 25 team consistently and yep. some years to get into the top 10. And I, I think I, I agree with that. I'm okay. And here's the thing. The conference, as much as I've always wanted them to join a conference, just because I think it'd be a little more fun to see them compete and build different rivalries than what they traditionally had. Um, they play a tough schedule. It's not like they play some laxity. Hell, their schedule is a million times harder than if they would have joined the ACC. Okay. If they were to join the ACC, that schedule would be a cakewalk compared to what they've played the last two to three years. Yes. All right. Agree. But, but at the same time, I just don't see them being able to get over that hump. I don't – right now, I don't foresee in the viable future for them to consistently be able to beat the Bamas, the Ohio States, the Clemsons. Um, you know, it, I think they could hang with Oklahoma. If they were ever able to get into a playoff and able to mit, match up with Oklahoma, I, I don't see any reason why they couldn't. I'm not saying they'd beat them, but, but I think they could hang in that game. Oh, you know yeah. what I'm saying? Yeah, I agree. I, I don't I think because that they've got comparable talent. Like it's that's the that's way right. it goes. Uh, you know that kind of that. Let's go ahead and move that into uh, into a different conversation. Um, let's see. Bobby James jumped in on. Oh well, let me get through some of these questions on uh, on on the sure. chat here. Uh, Michael said their best chance is recruiting a great quarterback and some talented skill guys around him. I think it has more to do with the line of scrimmage than it does all of that. Like it, well, and here's what's weird. They've put NFL dudes in an offense, and yeah. they've put NFL dudes in on defense from the defensive line and offensive line. I really don't know that that's always it. That's it, it's not Alabama's always pass it. Pass rush. One of the reasons Alabama is able to have a, an LSU this year and in past years, Georgia, same thing, Clemson, the same thing. The most elite level, Ohio State. Those are probably the four best pass rushes in all of football. Auburn's in the consideration too. They have front four that can get to the quarterback every snap of every play without blitzing anybody. And they have world-class elite-level defensive backs and linebackers to cover everything else. While 
while uh, Notre Dame has put NFL dudes in from the defensive front that could get that pass rush, they don't have the secondary guys to hang with. There, there are no DBs coming out of coming out of Notre Dame to go in the NFL. There, there are a few linebackers every now and then that are that level talented. Okay. Yeah. The problem is, is you got to have it at all three levels on both sides of the ball if you want to hang with those big boy teams. The separation between the okay and the great are wildly apart. Uh, Matt jumped in on that. He said they have to come down and get some of these Southern boys. There's not many Catholics down here, though. It, yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's, so that's the thing. convince them to go play up north, which is something Michigan's having a hard time doing as well. Yeah. Sorry. I mean, jelly beans. <laughs> and then you got to hope that they're willing to come to a private school like that. Yeah. Where they're going to have harder academic standards. Yep. This is not one of those things we're going to take underwater baffet weaving and and, and still be able to yeah years and not be able to read, okay? Yeah. That makes sense. And listen, I'm not mocking those kids. I was those kids, all right? I was I I went to Ole Miss. I got an education. I was in one field. I didn't do very well in that field. I just had to get a degree. By any means necessary. Mama said get a degree. I went and got a degree. I pulled up the football program, and I saw 80% of those kids was criminal justice majors. I said, I'm switching my majors tomorrow. And I'm not lying. I was in class with people that I know could not read. Yeah. Yeah. And we all passed with C's and B's. It was not hard. Nobody gave us grades. It just wasn't that damn hard. Yeah. Now, you're right. You're right. Okay. That class doesn't exist at Notre Dame. That degree damn sure doesn't exist. That, well, they might have a class or two for dum-dums. They don't have a degree for dum-dums. No, not not down there. Not down there. Um, quick question from, uh, let's see, uh, Bobby James on YouTube said, Allegiant Stadium, Las Vegas, Nevada workforce missing. Is there a new scheduled opening date? Do you know any of that? Nope. I, 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 I got no idea. I don't, I don't think they've the announced structure. anything. Yeah. Of, of they were supposed to open this year. Yeah. Them and and uh, and uh, L.A. were supposed to be ready this year. I don't know if the NFL season starts on time. I don't know if either one of those stadiums are ready. Therefore, I don't have a clue where those teams are going to play. I guess L.A. would continue I, to play there. I but, doubt that they would. It, it, I don't think it would matter because I don't think we're going to have fans in the stands. If, you're if right. we it do doesn't have, matter. you know, you're right. It doesn't matter if that, if we're not going to. Which you're probably right on that. If we're not going to have fans in the stands, then Oakland just needs to leave and move to L.A. and they just play in UNLV Stadium. Yeah. Or to, to Vegas. Smart, that's what yeah. I'd do anyway, by the way. i just go ahead and go because – Well, I mean, they're already in Vegas. Brain. Yeah, yeah. They're, they're already there. So, I mean, that would make sense just playing UNLV. But I have no idea. And getting information from those groups right now are probably – not not hey it's also not anybody's priority in the NFL well, no nobody knows anything right now like it, we're yeah. we're all still like all of us are the same at this point we're just waiting for somebody to tell us what to do that's right like that's the biggest thing uh Matt said what is the dog doing back there Sookie's laying on the couch so if you see some some random spider looking you know great Dane legs that that's sook uh and then Michael said Chris is stealing the kiddos Easter candy like 100 uh, percent jelly beans yeah no, no, no doubt. Starburst jelly beans, best candy in the world. <laughs> All right, uh, let, let's jump into the next topic because you you bring up an interesting, uh, an interesting thing. Uh, okay. And Michael said, "College Stadium, exactly where the Raiders deserve to play." 
It sounded like somebody from Denver. That's, <laughs> but uh, for it though, I'm for it. Let's oh, sit on the road. hundred percent, hundred percent. I was so excited about them going to listen to Vegas. Nobody oh, yeah. was more excited about them going to Vegas than me. I was ready to don the silver and black and add a third team to my fandom and just get shit on by everybody, and I didn't care. And then they hired John Gruden. I said, "Nope, like out. we're out, we're out." If it had been Jack Del Rio, I mean oh, River oh, Riverboat Jack. Like, love, let's go. I love Jack. Love Jack. Where's he coaching now? He's got a DC job somewhere right now. Man, is it Jacksonville? Is it no, no, no? He no, was he, like the coach of Jacksonville. Never mind. Uh, I don't know where he's at. You, you look you, that up. You I'm, keep I'm a, talking. I'll look. I'm gonna read this question off, and we'll go on and, and get into this. Um, the question is: Why have the playoff games in college football been so prone to blowouts? Arkansas, Ole Miss, Mississippi State played LSU closer than Oklahoma, yet Oklahoma would have probably smoked those teams. Does the month of prep allow a better team to exploit weaknesses easier, or is the talent gap between the top one and two teams and three and four that big? Is it coaching, or is it something else? It's Redskins, by the way. Red, oh, he's with the Redskins. Okay. He went, he went with... Uh, and, and Michael um, just jumped in immediately and said that. So, Redskins again. Ron Rivera. He went with Ron Rivera. That's, right. Man, that's a really good defensive coaching staff right there, baby. It's, it's not bad. It's not bad. No, so, all right. college football playoff blowouts. Blowouts. It happens regularly. Uh, go ahead and talk, and I will pull up the uh, what, what the playoff think, results have been. I think this question, this answer is a lot simpler than it seems, which is simply you're playing a great team, and it's every eye in the world is watching. It's totally okay to keep your foot on the gas pedal the entire game. You're never pulling anybody. You're never benching anybody. Um LSU, you brought up LSU against Arkansas and 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 Ole Miss and whatever. At no point in time was that game out of control. They were up three, four scores the entire game, and so they started laxing off defense, subbing a lot of guys in, getting younger guys reps um, on the defensive side of the ball. Offense, they pretty much kept all the guys in there and kept running and gunning, but but they just they just kind of backed off defensively. Don't let anybody get hurt. Don't do anything crazy. Yeah, they're not within three scores, so why do we care? And it became this thing. I never under, I never thought for the life of me that it would be the thing that tried people tried to see as a knock that LSU dropped sixty six on Vanderbilt or something like that, and people were like, "You you barely beat them. They 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 scored thirty points against you." And I was like, "But we beat the hell out of them. Yeah, beat about four touchdowns. How come we don't knock?" Georgia, Georgia beat them by the exact same amount we did, but Georgia only allowed them to score like 14 points. So I'm thinking, okay, that means Georgia only scored 28 points. So, yeah. so how come we don't knock Georgia's offense for being so bad when we're going to criticize LSU's defense for being so bad? At the end of the day, you beat the hell out of somebody. Does it really matter how you got there? And at what point in time did college football become a thing where beating somebody by 21 or 28 points? is frowned upon and looked at like you didn't do anything special. Yeah, no, I, I agree with you on that. Matt jumped in. He said kids strain their cerebellum. It can be part of the preparation mentally. You get out there having fun in a new place, and you lose focus. I, but that still doesn't answer the question of why there are so many blowouts in the college football playoff. Because um, when you get to the playoffs, you're not pulling those guys. You're not ever letting off the gas. That right. That defense but, is on lock constantly. But what I'm saying. I promise you, if, if you were – if you had to beat the teams as bad as you could beat them, 
without question, the Ole Miss game would have looked different. The oh, Arkansas yeah. game would have looked different. They absolutely would have found a way to stop those teams because in the second half against two of the best offenses in the world last year, they got nothing. They scored nothing. Now, Michael asked uh, an interesting question. He said, do you think the amount of time before they play hurts or helps college kids? I think I think it actually, like some of them it helps. Like I think I think it helps. It, like it hurts obviously with reps and whatnot. Like if you got a gimmicky offense or whatever, I think that can hurt because you know if if you're not getting the reps in, uh, if you're not playing at game. If you speed, got a gimmicky offense, it's easy to practice for because you have a month to prepare. Exactly. For it. It uh, has nothing to do with the kids not being able to practice and rep it. It's the it's the other team can shut it down. Let me let me give you the results. Uh, just going back through all of this, okay? And and we're just talking about semifinal games right now. We're not talking about the title game. Uh, semifinal game 2015, Oregon 59, Florida State 20. Uh, and then you had Ohio State 42, Alabama 35. Now that was, you know, that was a good game. Uh, Alabama 38, Michigan State nothing the next year. Clemson 37, Oklahoma 17. That was a three-touchdown beatdown. Alabama 24, Washington 7. It really wasn't that close. Clemson 31, Ohio State nothing. Um, the next one. Georgia 54, Oklahoma 48, that was fantastic. And then Alabama 24, Clemson 6, that was uh, that was also, you know, a fairly even game other than Alabama scored uh, a couple of defensive touchdowns. Um, after that, you've got Clemson 30, Notre Dame 3, Alabama 45, Oklahoma 34, and that one was 28 to nothing at the end of the first quarter. It wasn't even close. Uh, the next year, this, this past year, Clemson 29, Ohio State 23, LSU 63, Oklahoma 28. So you've got one, two, three, four, da, 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 now, five, that 63 six. That 63-28 game, that was a 28-to-nothing game. Yeah, that's a, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, 100%. 100%. Um, I mean, that, you, you've got 75% of the semifinal games mm-hmm. have been three touchdown or more blowouts, basically. Um. And then Michael said Oklahoma didn't deserve to be there. That's where I'm going to come in here and say the problem is. I don't think that we are getting the best four teams. I think we're getting the four teams that, quote, deserve to be there. But I don't think that Oklahoma was one of the best four teams last year or or the year before that. Or, you know, like I, I don't, but I don't know of an easier way to do it. We like, can't. You can't. I mean, without question, anybody in their right mind would tell you that Georgia was a better football team than, than Oklahoma. Auburn yeah. was probably a better football team than Oklahoma last year. You, you can't let four SEC teams in. You, know, you just got to do it. And that, that's I mean, the thing. I think that's what would make like a 16-team playoff better. Because you would Wisconsin obviously... Wisconsin and Penn State were probably better than Oklahoma. I would have liked to have seen yes. that game, by the way. Yeah, agreed. Like, like, I don't know that for a fact, but I know enough to question the toughness and completeness of Oklahoma. The know? the best team that Oklahoma played all of last season was Baylor. Yep. And I don't think Baylor talent-wise stacked oh, up close. against even the top not, 10. Not close. Like the, the fact that Baylor was in both those games and dominating one of those games and and it took an absolute miracle for Oklahoma to come back and win is is kind of is very telling of where Oklahoma was last year. And and some people will say this is the reason we don't need to expand the playoffs is because we already – I don't know that we're not getting the best four teams in as much as 
the talent gap every year between the top two, usually teams, and the top three teams, top four teams. At some point in time, we have a massive drop-off in talent. Ohio State-Clemson last year was about as evenly talented as you could possibly get. It was. I'm very proud of my right Tigers. There. I think we would have beat the hell out of Ohio State. Yeah, L- I think LSU would have beaten everybody Clemson. last year. But I definitely think the three teams last year were the three best teams that I've seen in the college football playoffs since we started the playoffs. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I would yes. like to see that Clemson team last year and that Ohio State team last year play the rest of the, of the other championship teams. Yeah. Agreed. Agreed. Michael said the four best should be there regardless of conference. Matt said Oklahoma got people on board early with Hertz's video game numbers. That got people talking. Look, Oklahoma is going to oh, put look up. Look at who they played in those it, video game numbers. Exactly. Though. But they, no, that's I'm what I'm saying. Kidding. They're going to put up video game numbers every single year because their schedule is dog shit every but that's year. That's like the Big 12. Hang on. That was before they got into Big 12 play. That was non conference. They pulled in the softest teams that they could play and say, let's beat the hell out of these guys. But even in oh, the Big let's 12. Let's go find a Pac 12 team. Where's, where's UCLA? Let's go beat the shit out of a team that hasn't had a defensive star in 20 years. <laughs> Come on, let's go. Yeah. This is why I have a problem with college football, by the way. And, and yet, and yet Oklahoma got beat at Kansas State last year. Yeah. Like you got you got 130 teams, which means you've got 50 feet of crap somewhere in here everywhere you look. Yes. All right. Every week we've got 130 teams, and we might have, we might get three good football games to watch every Saturday. Yeah. That's my problem with college football. Yeah. I mean, it's insane. Uh, oh, Matt jumped in. Yeah, people talked about Hertz numbers and averages, uh, but they'd never mentioned that they beat the University of Minnesota, or the University of Montana School for Blind Women. Like, yeah, yeah, that's pretty much what it was. Like they they played Houston. Houston had zero defense last year, and and he put up 500 yards passing and 100 whatever it was. You know, it was crazy numbers. Uh, I think that the issue is that we are not getting the best four teams every year, and everybody wants to talk about it, but it, it's it, they say it's the four most deserving. Because, you know, they typically want uh, conference champions in there. They want, you know, obviously you deserve a seat at the table if you win your championship, if you win your conference. I don't think that you necessarily deserve a seat at the table if you win your conference. I think it should be the best four teams, but how are you going to determine that? That's you know, the problem. That, that's when the, nobody plays anywhere close to an equal schedule, you can't determine that. Right, which is just, why a 16-team playoff... Uh, dude, I was... You remember initially I was the one saying, nope, ah, it needs to be four. I know. And then yep. I was saying, ah, maybe if we do six. Like, six would be fine, yep. but no conference champions. And, and I then the I one thought, one at 16. And then I thought eight, you know, eight would be good because then you got two wild cards. But maybe two wild cards is not enough. Mm-hmm. Because I think there were multiple top ten teams that would have beaten Oklahoma last year. Yep. Like, and it, here's the thing. People always say, but really, what are their chances of winning the championship? When you have a tournament that big, you're not necessarily just trying to find the number one spot. Yeah. We're trying to find who's going to finish fifth. What if we had the top three teams, four teams, all finish SEC teams? Or be a great opportunity for the Big Ten to step up and say, maybe those guys from the South really aren't that great. And what if Ohio State, Penn State, Michigan, and uh, Wisconsin all finished, you know, in the top seven of the five, you know, schools or whatever? five of the seven schools, like you would get all those schools in if you get 16. Y'all, yeah. You're all coming. Yeah, no, you're right. 
Um, Michael said, if Oklahoma, Texas, or any other Power 5 team want to complain, play Texas A&M schedule from last year and make it through that. Yep. Yeah. Their, their schedule last year was ridiculous. Now, their schedule this coming season, like if, up if, for it. if any team wanted to, uh, if any team was going to play a schedule or wanted to make sure that the 2020 season happened, it would be Texas A&M. They've got 10 games that they should be favored by more than a touchdown in for for the beginning of the season, and then they've got Alabama and LSU to close. They're going to have to beat Alabama, LSU, and Auburn. Yes. That's it. That's the list. That's it. That's the whole list. That's it. uh, Those three games, they're going to Atlanta, and I think they're going to play. If we had a normal season, I told you this before, I was ready to bet them to win the national title, to make the playoffs, to win the SEC. I have all these bets in my head. I know I'm going to get great odds because people are going to load up on LSU, Alabama, and Auburn like they do every year. People are going to load up on Georgia on the SEC every year. And and I'm telling you, I think Jimbo Fisher is doing something special there. I yeah. think he's building something there. He's getting it to where he wants it to be. And 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 this schedule works out great. Hey, babe. Let, hey, let him just run in here. Well, he is fired up. Do you hear him? Yeah. Yeah. Here, hey, just just let him run in here. It's fine. Oh, it's not. The, she said it's not that. Oh, he pissed off. Oh, oh, he's mad about he's mad about something else. Well, he, he is. Off. He woke up from his nap and he is feisty. Ooh, Lord. Uh, Jim John said, if Jimbo Fisher doesn't win ten games this year, I will question his comp- uh, competency. But um, he will. That's the thing. He's going to. Yeah. I, I, I mean, depending on whether or not everything goes well, the way it's yeah, supposed we, to, we obviously, yeah. Uh, Michael yeah. said, just like Notre Dame thing, it's about money and ratings. That's the most frustrating part of college football. Uh, and then Michael said, I don't trust Mond. Uh, I like but here's the thing. Mond. I don't know that Mond's going to be his quarterback all year. If Mond doesn't cut it, do you think Jimbo doesn't, won't cut that fool? He will pull him and put somebody else in? Yeah. yeah. I, for I, three I, years, I promise you he's got another quarterback on the roster. Yeah. I assure you of that. No, I think I think you're exactly right. It's not right. a less mile situation, okay? No, you're uh, you're 100 right on that. Uh, we have gone 33 minutes, and my fence guy is uh, is pulling up here in just a minute, so I'm gonna have to run. We uh we are going well, to have to let's just let's just let's just close it. Let's let's close it. We'll talk about the first to win the national title uh, from our our group of yeah. teams uh, here in the next little bit. Here, you want to come here? You want to close out with me? Here, come here. Nope. He's all pissed he's off. A, he's a don't no. Put him on camera while he's pissed off. I don't know what he's. Well, he's just. Run, just close the damn he's show. He's just running about like I don't know what's going on with him, man. He is fired up. Bye, guys. Thank y'all. <laughs> all right, go to winningcureseverything.com. We appreciate y'all. Subscribe to the show. Share the show out with your buddies. Uh, Bobby James said, "Thanks, y'all. Thank you. Thank you for everybody that jumped into the chat. We appreciate you guys. You have been wonderful. Of course, I'm gonna go tend to the boy and uh, and then tend to the fence." Uh, and I'll explain how all that goes tomorrow. So I will. Uh, I'll let you go, Chris. It's been a lot of fun. We'll uh, we'll do this again tomorrow. Sound good? Thanks for checking out Winning Cures Everything. If you want to keep up with us, hit subscribe on YouTube or your favorite podcast app. Visit the website at winningcureseverything.com, or you can like us on Facebook or follow us at Winning Cures at Gary WCE or at Chris B Giannini on Twitter. Share out the show, leave a nice review, and make sure to comment and tweet at us. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. 
Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.